0: If you dare. This is The Look Ahead
2: with Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports
1: Betting Network.
2: Scott Seidenberg here with you. This is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. Always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we're joined by... Uh, Mackenzie, um, Kramer from, uh, the, uh, he's the ESPN stats and information researcher. Um, so he'll join us here on the program. We'll talk to him. Um, and, uh, I think he had Mito Pereira, um, as well as Will Zalatoris to win the PGA. And of course didn't exactly work out <laughs> like our, um, we had Will's Alturas, didn't have Mito Pereira, but that is that's tough. That is very very tough. So we'll see if uh, he lacks any carryover to the Charles Schwab. Uh, any of these players that were obviously in the PGA in their performance now coming up here in the Charles Schwab Stanley Cup playoff action uh, resumes, and it's uh, it's it's coming down to the wire here. Lightning finish off a sweep of the Panthers. And Andre Vasilevsky has just been absolutely incredible. I mean, the guy is on such a tear right now. Our very own Andy McNeil uh, with an incredible tweet here. Vasilevsky faced the best offensive team in 26 years and allowed three goals on 154 shots in a 4 game sweep 10 and oh now in elimination games you know games that they can close out the series since 2020 and six of those games shutouts uh and he adds that the rangers and the hurricanes have combined for a total of nine goals in their series uh so he thinks a you know 980 save percentage um, yeah, it's it's an, it's incredible what we see from Vasilevsky, and now the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, trying to make it three straight. This run is it's just incredible. We it's so hard. I think what's crazy is that we've had back-to-back champions in the Stanley Cup. Most recently, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Obviously, the last two seasons. Before that, it was the Penguins that won back-to-back in 2016 and 2017. Prior to that, though, we had not had back-to-back champs since the Red Wings in the late 90s. And it's crazy to say, like, yes, we've had two teams go back-to-back in the past you know, five, six years, um, right? Four out of the six years, if we're going 16, 17, then we'll skip 18, 19, and then twenty twenty one. So four, yeah, four out of six years, right? Um, we've had just two teams. And it's crazy because the argument has always been that the Stanley Cup is the hardest to go back-to-back. And I've always felt that way. Because in hockey, anything can happen. And it doesn't necessarily, the better team doesn't necessarily win the games. Sometimes it just takes a hot goaltender. Other times it's a little bit of puck luck. And yes, that's a thing. Like it happens. Like look at look at how the Hurricanes beat the Rangers in game 1. It wasn't even it wasn't even a real shot. Right? Ian Cole just turning around, just kind of just threw the puck on net and and there was no there was no Hurricanes in front of the net. It wasn't like, you know, they were they were in position or or they had possession and they were just, you know, setting up a play or trying to screen Shesterkin or whatever. No, it was just, the puck was loose. He took it, turned around, and just threw it to the net. And it deflected off of a Ranger defender. It, or not, well, yeah, just defended, it, it, it deflected off a Ryan Lindgren stick and goes past Chisterkin. That's puck luck. That happens. That wasn't the plan. That just happens. So sometimes in the Stanley Cup playoffs, in, in, in any hockey game, that happens. So I, I think that as opposed to the other sports, it is the hardest to go back to back, which is what makes what the Penguins did a couple of years ago and what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done. And say what you will about the, the COVID year or whatnot, you know, last year and how the playoffs were a completely different format. So maybe that led into it a little bit, Um, you know, how you had, like, the Montreal Canadiens, excuse me, the Montreal Canadiens were not going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the Montreal Canadiens were in the Stanley Cup Final because of the way that they, you know, played in the Canadian division, uh, you know, through the playoffs, right? Right. Like, that's the way the playoffs went. It was those teams playing against each other. So, in the North Division or whatever. Um, Yeah, it was just, whatever. You want to say about the COVID year, go right ahead. But anyway, in the NBA playoffs, the better team wins in seven games. Just happens. When was the last time? I mean, I guess we could talk about the Mavericks beating the Suns, right? The Suns were... The better team. But I could argue the Mavericks had the best player on the floor. But then again, now we're seeing the Mavericks on the verge of being swept by the Warriors. So nice win in that series, but not sustainable for going through the playoffs, going to the finals, winning a championship. When was the last time we truly had like an upset winner in the NBA finals. Like when did a team go through the playoffs and and win? All right, you want to say the Pistons? But no. Because the Pistons that year, let's see. Pistons were a three seed. And then they go back to the NBA Finals the next year. So, no, that's not fluky. That's not a, a, a dog rising up. I mean, you want to say maybe... I was thinking about the Dallas Mavericks, but maybe the Mavs were a three-seed that year. Um, You know, obviously a World Hall of Fame player in, in Dirk Nowitzki. Um, you know, they... they you know, beating, uh, beating the Heat certainly was an upset in the finals, but we haven't had a team that kind of comes out of nowhere and makes a run through the playoffs, multiple series after multiple series, beating a better team to win a championship. Just doesn't happen. I mean, the lowest seed that we had win an NBA title was a sixth seed when the Rockets won the NBA title, but the Rockets, that was their second title in a row. They had just won the NBA title the year before. So that's not, you know, an upset underdog team. The better teams... In a seven-game series in the NBA playoffs, will win out. And That's it. I mean, the Knicks as an eight seed got to the NBA Finals in the strike-shortened year of '99, and I'd make the argument that in if that season goes a full 82, there's no way the Knicks are an eight seed. You know that they win more games, and they probably are a higher seed than that. But guess what? When they got to the NBA Finals against the Spurs, they lost. It's easier to go back to back in the NBA playoffs. It's easy to, you know, be a a dominant team in these other, in in
0: baseball in a
2: seven-game series. You know, you got the pitching. You got a chance to, to, to win. You got the better team. You, you got a chance to go out there and win every night. In hockey, I don't think that's the case. In hockey, you can get unlucky. You can be the best team in the league. Look at the Colorado Avalanche couple of, for the past couple of years. You can be the best team in the league, get bounced in the second round. Florida Panthers. We're the best team in the league this year. They just got bounced in the second round. In a sweep, nonetheless. A sweep. So I think what Tampa Bay is doing right now is absolutely incredible. The fact that they could win a third straight Stanley Cup. That has not happened since it's got to be the Islanders in the 80s that we've had a team win um, three straights down the cups and the Islanders won four straight back then. That's about it. That's all I can remember. I mean, Oilers won two, Penguins two. Um, Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Let's talk uh, coming up next. We're going to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer. From ESPN Stats and Information, does great research there for the Daily Wager. So we'll get his thoughts on uh, the golf from this past weekend. What's coming up for this weekend? A little Major League Baseball as well. I'm Scott Sadenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on v is The Look Ahead on v the Sports Betting Network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Joining us now from ESPN Stats and Information, does great research for the Daily Wager. He is Mackenzie Kramer, joining us here on The Look Ahead. And Mackenzie, uh, talk to me about the PGA Championship as a uh, you were holding a Mito Pereira ticket to win it all. What was that experience like for you, my friend?
1: Uh, it was a lot like uh, a lot of golf tournaments for me over the last six months or so. Just a lot of frustration as uh, as we close up the Sunday round. My two biggest bets of the league were well, two of my biggest bets of the league. I had Will Zalatoris forty-seven to one entering the week. Obviously, he lost in the playoff, and then after the Thursday round, I bet Mito Pereira at sixty to one. Mito's a guy I've always loved his ball striking skills. He was he was in the mix. He had the right side of the weather wave, so I I, I put some money on him. It was looking really good in the Sunday. Even had Bubba Watson on the, at two hundred to one. So late Saturday with about twenty four holes left, I had one, two, three, all at pretty big numbers, and it all ends up with a, a bunch of losses. Yeah. At least Mito got to top. Uh, uh, top uh, South American or top rest of the world they had him at. So at least, at least he provided that for me, but uh, very frustrating
0: weekend.
2: Yeah, I was holding the Zalators 47-1 to 1 ticket as well. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that I have bet every tournament, I believe, this, se- this season. And it's the second uh, time that I've lost in a playoff with him. Uh, lost the Genesis in a playoff. That was the Luke List uh, win there. And it's, it's it's frustrating because he's a guy who is so talented, and I know that he's going to get a win soon. Do you think that win comes this next tournament here at the
1: Charles Schwab? It's so tricky with a guy like Zala Torres because the stats all check out. He seems like a really likable guy. Everybody wants to be on his first win, but... It's so hard when his number is 20 to one this week, like it is in a lot of places. You're basically being asked to pay the same same or similar price for Zalatoris as you are for Colin Morikawa, who's got a couple of majors under his belt, or or Victor Havland, who's won several times worldwide this year. Zalatoris hasn't won since the Corn Ferry Tour. So, yes, his stats line up for this week, but I, I kind of like the idea of just betting him at hard courses like majors and stuff like that and kind of leaving him by the wayside this week. My favorite bet this week is Jordan Speith who's got a great course history here and is from Texas his ball striking has been off the charts the last few weeks the putter has just been letting down Jordan Speeth so much I... He's lost, he's lost strokes putting in most of his recent tournaments while he's been, while at the same time, the last three non-majors he's completed at, he's been number one in strokes k t degree. He was number one at Byron Nelson, number one at the Heritage, number one at the Valero. Just his putter cannot get it going. But I'm hoping that he can flip it this week at the, at the Colonial where he's had a really, really strong history of putting.
2: What other guys are you on for this tournament?
1: Uh, A couple other guys I like this week. Uh, Daniel Berger, 41 to one. I took him at circa today. I just think it's too long of a number for a player of his caliber. He's won on tour each the last two years, and he tends to play well at the course he's comfortable at. We know he's won a couple times the FedEx St Jude. I think that he can potentially do it here. He won this in 2020 in a tougher field where uh, he beat Colin Morikawa in a playoff, and I think you're getting a good number on him just because he was so bad at the PGA Championship last week. And (laughs) a couple other couple other guys I like Sebastian Munoz, 56 to one. I also like him in first round leader at the same uh, type of odds. He's a guy that always seems to pop for a big round here or there. Uh, a couple weeks ago at Byron Nelson shot a 60 in the first round over in Texas. He's, he lives in Dallas. He went to North Texas, which is nearby. He came in third here last year, despite being in a bit terrible form. Now he's in really good form, hitting the ball really well. Over the last few weeks, I like Munoz in the mid 50 range. And then i think I feel I've heard his name a million places already, but Kevin Nas, another guy that I like, he's always a guy I like to bet at shorter courses at longer numbers. He's won four times in the last five years. And he also had tied for the lowest score at the, uh, at the tour championship last year, which obviously doesn't count as a win, but just shows how well he, he can play when he's playing at his best. And when you're betting on a guy's ceiling, Kevin Nas, a guy who's shown he can win, and He's also won at this course at colonial. So those are the other guys I've outrights on as far as like top 20 bets and the like, uh, Bo Hostler is a guy that I like. At, at really long odds. Um, his numbers are really up and down. When he's bad, he's really bad. But he's also got four top twenties. His last eight starts, including both of his starts in Texas. And then a couple other guys that I haven't bet on yet, but I'm looking at for top five, top ten, top twenties: Trey Merritt, Brian Harmon, CT Pan, and Harold Varner III. Though the, 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 the tricky thing with this week is you have a lot of guys who came over from the PGA Championship last week, so. You want to bet on some guys early because you're worried about guys withdrawing at the top of the board. Like if a Justin Thomas withdraws, all of a sudden all these pricers are going to go away pretty quickly. So when you're betting a tournament like the week, like this the week after a major, you've got to be really in tune of, of uh, withdrawals because once you see that, uh, that tweet or that newswire or whatever saying that a top guys is withdrawing, you've got to fire your bets right away to get the best numbers. Yeah,
2: interesting stuff. That does make sense. Yeah, if, uh, one of the top favorites here is out. It changes the odds for everybody else. On the board, uh, I know you've been taking a look at the Major League Baseball board here for Tuesday. What has jumped
1: out to you already? Well, the interesting thing with the slate in general is that there's there are just so many stud pitchers on the mound. You, you have McClanahan on the mound against Lopez. You have Kevin Gausman on the mound for the Blue Jays. You have uh, Walker Buehler on the mound for the Dodgers. So many guys that are in the Cy Young race are pitching tomorrow. So it's it's hard to fade some of these top guys. Zach Allen for the Diamondbacks as well. Um, a couple, I think the biggest uh, I'll start with two of the biggest favorites that I like is two parlay pieces. Number one is the Twins uh, play, facing the Tigers. Bo Brisky's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball this season and the Tigers have one of the worst offenses in the in baseball this year. I kinda like the Tigers the Twins more in the first five innings in that game just because the Tigers bullpen's been surprisingly good this year, but I don't see the Tigers getting the sunny gray all that much. And I think, the, and I think that they'll be able to take care of business pretty early in that game. So I like them first five. I also like the Astros who are big favorites over the, over the guardians. I keep wanting to say the other word, but, but I caught myself there. Uh, the guardians are the, are terrible against lefties this year, last in OPS 29th in Woba. So that, those are the two teams I would look at in terms of big favorites. Um, and to to so briefly talk about one of the other top-pitch matchups of the day with the White Sox and the Red Sox, Dylan Cease and Nick Pavetta in that one. I like the under in that game, especially for the first five innings. Cease has been really good, really good but he doesn't necessarily go late into games. So first five innings are kind of why I want to target that. The White Sox, as we've known for a couple of years now, they're a team you want to back against the lefties, not so much against righties. The win-loss isn't really as stark as it used to be. It used to just be crazy numbers in terms of their win-loss record against the lefties. That's kind of evened out a little bit, but the splits are still there. They're one of the top five offense against lefties, bottom 10 against righties. So facing a righty and Pavetta, who's done really well lately. Last four starts, 25 strikeouts, one walk. He's allowed one or fewer runs and three straight starts, including the shutting down the White Sox over six innings earlier this month. He does allow some hard contact, but the White Sox don't allow create as much hard contact against righties. And with Pavetta not putting guys on base with walking them, hopefully he limits the White Sox to solo shots. So I like the under in that game, especially first five innings, and I have a slight lean uh, toward the Red Sox as well in that one as a dog.
2: Yeah, interesting. And you mentioned about the Tigers. I do like fading them in the first five. They're the lowest scoring team in Major League Baseball in the first five innings. So maybe taking a look at the Twins there early uh, with Sonny Gray on the hill. You mentioned the name Zach Gown. This is a guy who I am absolutely uh, just enamored with. He is, in my opinion, should be the favorite to win the National League Cy Young. He gave up one run, McKenzie, in his last start, and his ERA went up. <laughs> like, that's how good this guy has been this season. Now, it's a high price and it's, it's kind of hard betting on the Diamondbacks at almost $2, but I might consider a first-five run line or maybe just a game under here with the Diamondbacks and the Royals because I don't think Zach Allen's giving up more than one run here to this Royals team, and he's probably going to go at least seven innings. Well,
1: I think if you're going to take it at that angle, I would just do the run line because I, I... – I don't like the Royals starting pitcher at all in this game, Jonathan Heasley. He's got seven walks and two strikeouts this year, which is about as bad as it gets in terms of strikeout to walk ratio. And their bullpen's been one of the worst in baseball. We saw the Diamondbacks jump all over the Royals pitching staff in this game. So I would tend to lean the Diamondbacks team total over in that game. And if we think that Gallon is going to do what Gallon's been doing all year, then I would think that the run line in that one would be a, a strong bet as well. They would probably be my third favorite. Uh, among the big favorites, and uh, I, I'm right there with you on Gallon. I hope uh, I hope he does win. Cy Young. I bet him thirty to one about uh, what the day that Scherzer got her when I was trying to get some late tickets in there before the odds uh, move. So Gallon is a guy that I'm on for Cy Young as well.
2: Yep, absolutely love him at that number. Final thing: Can the Giants snap out of this losing streak on tomorrow night against the Mets?
1: Oh man, this is a tough game. I don't have a strong lean on this game. It's two pitchers I like in Logan Webb and Chris Bassett. I haven't really made a strong choice on this game. Um, I, would, I think I would want to lean the under with those two pitchers in the mound. I do do like both of them, um, but I, I I don't have a strong take on that game, unfortunately. I would lean the under. I like Bassett, and I like Webb, so I don't really have a pitcher there that I'm trying to fade. Bassett
2: making his return to the Bay Area uh, has faced the Giants, I believe, four times, maybe? One and two in four career starts against the Giants, and he has not won in that ballpark so uh and maybe the maybe the fans there remember him from his time with the a's and they give him a hard time we'll see uh mckenzie <laughs> appreciate the time and the conversation good luck with your golf bets and the baseball coming up here on tuesday thanks as always for having me on scott there he is mckenzie kramer uh does great stuff espn stats and information researcher uh for the daily wager I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's go through this Major League Baseball board, see if we can pick out some leans with a lot of these really good starting pitchers on the hill. This is The Look Ahead here on Visa. On the Sports
0: Betting Network.
2: Scott Sandberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The baseball picks have been on fire lately. Literally. Like, scorching hot. 9-0 9-0 in our last nine plays, 14-2 going back to Friday. Updated records, the play of the day is now 30-16-1. And overall, the record is now 97-55-3. Feel very proud about that. Feel very happy about that. And if you're following along, if you're a Vsin subscriber, you're getting the, the multiple plays if you're just hitting me up on Twitter for the play of the day, either way, just, you know, go with it. Bankroll management. Stay disciplined. Don't be reckless. I saw some people that tweeted at me. They, you know, they they had multiple plays from my plays, which is fine. Listen, to each his own. And they, they hit, which is great. But just be careful. Um, you know... Uh, I, I'm not one. I don't rec- recommend a lot of parlays or anything like that. And and you know these are these are up to you to determine your bet size, your bet range. Uh, my size is different than your size. Your size is different from the next guy's or the next person, whatever. So just stay within yourselves. But hey, if you want to increase your bets and your bankroll is increasing, sure. I do think that's something that you know Bill Krakenberger last week on this show talked about that as your bankroll increases, your unit size increases. So if um, you know you're winning, you're feeling good, you're well within your uh, your your range, your comfort range, then you know see how things uh, see how things progress. But in a good spot right now, I feel I am, and um, I'm just going to continue to grind away and continue to you know what 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 i find validating from the winning not so much you know the money which is great right we all love winning money uh and to the, and the past two days have been have been good you know you go 9 to 0 you feel you feel pretty good bankroll feels pretty good but it's the fact that i feel like my work is being validated that my approach is working that the angles that I'm looking at are working. And that's something that I pride myself on. You know, there are a lot of people out there that have different approaches when it comes to handicapping a sport. There are guys that are just completely numbers-based. That's it. Don't even look at the teams. Just, play, just look at the numbers. The teams don't care what happens in the game. It's just numbers on a screen. And I respect those people, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, There are other people that, you know, some would call square uh, that are just, you know, betting on the teams, right? Hey, the Yankees are good. They should beat the Orioles. Let me bet the Yankees. Okay, well, it works out for you sometimes and doesn't work out for you other times, right? Because even the best teams in baseball are going to lose about 60 games a year, right? Um, And the Yankees losing to the Orioles. We had the Orioles plus 260, uh, and that was one of our wins, so we were... Thrilled about that. I I approach things differently, and you know if you've listened to this show long enough, you know I have um, my own approach to things. Situations play a big role to me. Past performance, um, especially with starting pitchers, play a role to me. Familiarity with a pitcher from an opposing offense plays a role for me. So there's a lot that goes into it. And then when the numbers match up all the situational spots, that's when I really pounce on something. So let's go through some of these uh, games here. Uh, go through the board on Tuesday and see if anything just you know jumps out. This is kind of like my process here. I go through the games with you guys live on the air before I do my deep dives uh, coming up here on Tuesday. So the action gets started 6:35 Eastern Time. Rockies and Pirates from Pittsburgh. Uh, you got Pittsburgh minus 140 with a total of seven and a half. Kyle Freeland. Gets the start for the Rockies against uh, Ronzi Contreras for the Pirates. And, you know, Freeland has not had a good season this year. Um, He has an ERA ERA close to five. Um, Last time out, three runs allowed. Time before that, six runs allowed on 12 hits. So it's been a rough go for Kyle Freeland. Pirates minus 140, kind of intriguing, you know, We'll see if uh, we'll see what the rest of the data shows there uh Cubs at the Reds Cincinnati is a small favorite at home minus 115 Tyler Molly on the hill against Marcus Stroman for the Cubs. So it's interesting last I mean the last time Stroman pitched was the game against Zach gown and the Diamondbacks where uh, you know we had Diamondbacks at plus money uh, as our, our top play of the day. And I just didn't understand it. Like, why was Marcus Stroman a favorite against Zach Gallen? And here you have Marcus Stroman against Tyler Molly. and, you know, the market kind of corrected itself, I guess, as the Reds are a minus 115 favorite. Marlins are taking on the Rays in what might be the best pitching matchup of the day. Shane McClanahan, Pablo Lopez. Tampa Bay is minus 160, which is probably way too high against Pablo Lopez and this Marlins team. Total is six and a half. And that's low. We've talked about these low totals before. And I don't like playing the low totals of six and a half. But with these two pitchers, I just, I don't know if we get there. And I'd love to take a first five under. But it's probably going to be three. And I wonder if I can take a three. Three and a half, maybe. Three, I don't know. Pablo Lopez, just just so you know, the dude's ERA is 1.57. He gave up three runs in his last start. That was his worst start of the season. (laughs) He's been incredible. And Shane McClanahan is an absolute American League Cy Young candidate. Last time out for McClanahan, struck out seven in seven innings against the Tigers, only allowed one run. Before that, struck out 11 in seven shutout innings against the Angels. He struck out five in five and a third against Seattle. He gave up two runs. That was a bad start. Um struck out 11 in 5 innings against Minnesota, struck out 7 in 7 innings against the Red Sox. Not, he's this guy's a machine. 65 strikeouts in 46 innings pitched this season. He has allowed 12 earned runs on the year. And like I said, Pablo Lopez has just been one of the best pitchers not just in the National League but in all of baseball. He gave up 3 runs his last start, which was his worst start of the season. And his ERA ballooned to only 1.57. That's how good he has been. Uh, Orioles and the Yankees. Yankees, and a heavy favorite once again. Minus 250, the Yankees. Total of eight in this game. Jordan Montgomery against Bruce Zimmerman. A couple of things here with the Yankees. Yes, it's easy to say they're not going to lose four in a row. This is a season-high three-game losing streak for them. But every team goes through these slumps. It's 162-game season. Every team goes through these slumps. So, yes, even the Yankees could have a five, six-game losing streak, whatever. Right now, it's a three-game losing streak. Zimmerman faced the Yankees twice. He did get tagged for a couple of runs in these starts. The last, t- last couple times he faced them. Um, him being a lefty is intriguing because of the righty power that's in the Yankee lineup with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. The The thing that gives me hesitation is the Yankees right now are dealing with, I mean, there's some some illness issues or whatever. Um, Josh Donaldson, yes, he was suspended for the one game. He is appealing the, suspe- the suspension, but he was also put on the COVID list uh, prior to the start against the Orioles, right? So, the Yankee lineup that played here on Monday pr- was probably their worst lineup of the of the year, and maybe uh, maybe it was a close second to the lineup that they had on Sunday night, which was even worse. But when you got Glaber Torres batting cleanup and Isaiah kiner Leffer batting fifth. That is not a Yankee lineup. IKF should be batting ninth. Torres should be batting seventh or eighth. So you had Marwin Gonzalez. You had Estevan Florial, Jose Trevino in this lineup for the Yankees. No DJ LeMayhew. No Joey Gallo. No Donaldson. It was just a, um, a weak lineup for the Yankees. So I'd be cautious and I'd look to see who is exactly in the lineup for the Yanks coming up here on Tuesday. We'll continue to go through the rest of the Major League Baseball board, see if we can pick out some winners here for Tuesday's schedule coming up next. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead right here on B the sports betting network.
0: is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
2: The VSN summer special is here for only $39. You get everything VSN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vCIN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it including Adam Burke's Daily MLB Best Bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have Best Bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued Best Bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full v experience, which features a Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Sadenberg here with you. This is Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Let's continue to run through this Major League Baseball board here for Tuesday as we identify some uh, pretty interesting spots. Uh, we, got, we left off uh, talking about the Yankees be very uh, weary of their lineup and see who is actually playing for them. Uh, Dodgers take on the Nationals as a heavy favorite, uh, minus 230, total of eight and a half. Walker Buehler against Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray, a former Dodger prospect, uh, who was traded, part of the Max Scherzer deal, um, to the Nationals. So maybe he's looking to impress, or maybe the Dodgers have the entire book on him. Gotta see which way I wanna dive into this one. You know, Dodgers on the run line just seems too easy right now because the Nationals are so bad. But sometimes, um, like, the simplest solution is the actual solution. Isn't that, like, one of those, like, laws or something like that? You know, like, uh, isn't that a thing? Like, sometimes, like, the easiest solution is the solution or something like that? Occam's razor. That's what it is. Ah what's the definition of that, Jason? What's the official jet definition uh of, of that? Something about like like if if it's That's what it is, right? That's what I said. It's like the simplest answer is really the the, the, the right answer. That's pretty much what Occam's razor is.
0: If you dare.
2: So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I feel like with the Dodgers and the Nationals. Sometimes it's just the simplest answer, which is Dodgers on the run line. Uh, Phillies take on the Braves. Uh, Gibson, Kyle Gibson goes against Max Freed, And this would be a spot where I'd probably look to back Max Fried um, for the Braves coming off a loss here. They just lost to the Phillies. Uh, Max Freed on the hill would be a guy that I would look to back against Kyle Gibson. Atlanta's minus 160, total of eight. Um, but that's an early lean for me uh, on that game would be backing Max Freed. Tigers take on the Twins. And this would be, I would kind of like to attack the first five innings here. Um, Sonny Gray on the hill for the Twins. Uh, Brieski on the hill for the Tigers. The Tigers are bad. And not only are they bad, they are the lowest scoring team in the first 5 innings in Major League Baseball this season. And if you had the Twins in the first 5 innings, um it worked. It it, it hit here on a uh, on Monday. It was uh, after a grand slam in the first inning. They wound up winning the first five by a 4-2 to score. So maybe first five twins could be an angle for this game. Blue Jays and Cardinals, uh, they played into extra innings where the Cardinals won on a walk-off grand slam. And this was hilarious because I actually called it. Yeah, I called it. Uh, you go to my Twitter page at Scotts on Air. I you can see the text that I sent to buddy of mine, watching this game. Um, he had uh Cardinals on the run line. See, Cardinals first five was um one of our picks on the on the baseball on the betting card that for you know Veasan subscribers were able to see on the daily best bets page. And I said when it happened, and you can look at the timestamp at 8.04, and the Grand Slam happened at, like, 8.09, but I said, uh and we're talking Pacific time here, I said, Goldie Grand Slam incoming. And then I said, Goldie Slam, left field wall, calling it. And it happened. <laughs> Spoke it into existence as uh, Paul Goldschmidt hits the Grand Slam. So how do they bounce back now? Uh Blue Jays will send their ace, although you can argue that Alec Manoa might be their ace, but... Kevin Gaussman uh, against Jordan Hicks. Toronto minus 150 on the road. Seven and a half is the total. Red Sox take on the White Sox. Dylan Cease on the hill against Nick Pavetta. And it's hard not to back the White Sox with Dylan Cease, especially in the first five innings. Cease has uh, pitched really, really well this season. Uh, He faced Boston once before. Uh, Earlier in May, five innings allowed just one run on four hits. Uh, Pitched five and two-thirds shutout innings last time out against Kansas City. Did get roughed up by the Yankees, but then again, it's the Yankees. Uh, Other than that, he has been really, really good this season. But so has Nick Pavetta, so maybe an under could be an angle here. With the Red Sox and the White Sox. Guardians and Astros, Zach Please Zach against Framber Valdez. I will be backing Valdez on this one. His advance numbers are just fantastic. So that is somebody that is a game. They're going to be heavily favored. There's no line out just yet on that game, but I would imagine the Astros are heavily favored there. So I might take a look at a, a, a first five run line uh with the Astros and the Guardians. And um Astros lost to the Guardians. 6-1 here on Monday, so I, I might be looking at a little bounce-back spot for Houston here um, against the Guardians, and really against Pleszak, but it's more backing Framber Valdez. And the next game, let's go to the Angels. Speaking of bounce-back, Noah Syndergaard is on the hill against Dane Dunning, and Syndergaard is looking to bounce-back after his worst start of the season against the Texas Rangers. This was actually a spot that I backed. Noah Syndergaard. And it was against John Gray. Clearly the pitching edge in this one. And. Um, I made it my play of the day. And. The Angels. Scored three runs in the top of the first inning. Off of John Gray. And I'm counting. I'm, I'm thinking this is just. This is a great win. It's an easy win. Noah Syndergaard got roughed up in the he gave up six runs in the bottom of the first inning and all six were not credited to him I think he got tagged for four of them as earned runs Uh, but all six runs he you know were his and something was off about him that start and it was very concerning he kept on looking at the dugout you know, in between, like, pitches and stuff, like, kind of signaling, like, get somebody up. Like, get somebody up. I I, I got to come out of this game. And I wonder if there's a little motivation here for Noah Syndergaard getting another crack at the Rangers. And, you know, now he's going to, if he's healthy, if he's fine, this is a little revenge spot for Syndergaard to kind of pitch better and make up for the last start where he could just say it was a one-off diamondbacks take on the Royals Zach gallon. Who's the best pitcher in the national league. I mean, this dude is insane. Um, I say he gave up one run, his last start and his ERA went up. He's got a 1.14 ERA. Let me just read you Zach Gallen's game logs. And in every start with the exception of the first start of the season, he went five innings. He went four innings in his very first start of the season. Here's Zach Gallon's runs allowed. You ready for this? Zero, one, zero, two, zero, one, one. He has thrown thirty-nine and a third innings this season. He's allowed one, he's allowed five runs, only one home run. He struck out thirty nine. He's only walked eight. This is the best pitcher in the National League. Diamondbacks are minus 190 in this game. I'd be looking at a run, at maybe a first five run line for the Diamondbacks against the Royals. Or maybe just an under eight and a half for the entire game. Uh, Brewers take on the Padres. Corbin Burns, Blake Snell, Milwaukee minus 135, total of six and a half. A's and Mariners, it's James Caprillion against George Kirby. Seattle minus 160, total of seven. And the Mets against the Giants, San Francisco minus 135, Logan Webb against Chris Bassett. Interesting that the Giants, who have lost, what is it, six straight now, um, are favorites over the Mets. But hey, you got Logan Webb on the hill. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money, Matt Eumanns, our very own senior editor here at BCN, co-host of The Edge. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot from Cleveland.com covering the Browns. She does a great job. She'll be on at 9 a.m. And John Lund from KNBR. In San Francisco, we'll join the program at 9.30 a.m. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. Follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead
0: here on V-C.